Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome, guys, to the Pregame.com audio and video podcast for September 2nd. I'm your host, R.J. Bell, and the first segment of a three-segment podcast is Sports Betting Talk. I'm joined by Vegas Runner, a genuine professional batter here in Las Vegas, and Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, GM of picks at Pregame. First subject this week, Rich Rodriguez and the allegations of excessive practice time. Now, here's what I'm interested in. What we do a little bit differently is we don't talk about the water cooler stuff when it comes to just, hey, what does this mean? It's what does it mean for the sports batter? So, Marco, what are we – with Michigan, and they play this Saturday, what does it mean, all these allegations with uh, Rich Rodriguez and the Michigan program? Really, from a betting standpoint, to me, it has absolutely no bearing. This is something that goes on at every school across the country. All right, but here's the question. is the, It seems like the issue here isn't they're practicing too much being the problem. The issue is the allegations and the mass media attention around it. So that doesn't go on with, it, with every well, school. absolutely. I mean, they got caught in, in his press conference, and he had a long press conference this week, and he addressed this. And, and literally, in one point of the press conference, he started to cry. Yeah, you can act like a man. You know, needs to tell him. He started to cry. And, and my thing is, I think the reason he started to cry was he realized that even with all this extra practice, Michigan still sucks. And the problem I feel with this Michigan program and why they're doing all the extra practices, you got to remember, he came from West Virginia. He had a totally different offense. This is only his second year at Michigan. He still has Lloyd Carr's recruits there. He has some of his own, but the bulk of that team is still Lloyd Carr's. And that's a deficient team? And you think Lloyd Carr was a poor recruiter? No, it's what he recruited. They're two different, totally different offensive schemes. And those players are not suited to run Rich Rodriguez's offense that he ran at West Virginia. And they're trying to catch up. That's what they're doing. That's in my opinion. So they need all the practice time they can. And as far as, you know... Right, but let's drill down. You said it was it was you know a cute joke, and me being an Ohio State alum, I always <laughs> enjoy uh, jokes about Michigan, but let's get specific. If, the guy, if a grown man is crying over something, and then in the next statement, I mean, imagine the absurdity of saying, that's meaningless to the team, he cried about it. So it, it strikes me there's a lot, there's some emotion. There's two possible issues here to, for the batter, it would seem. Now, he, first off, I'm maybe in the minority here because if you look at the batting line and we glanced at it when we were prepping for the show, is the Michigan line has actually gone up since the game opened. Is I think it's up to about 12 now. Yeah, but the move was before the Rodriguez incident. But, but, but since the incident, it stayed flat. Yeah, absolutely has no bearing at all. On so the, the batters, and remember, early in the week, the batters are, 
are sharper typically, and the guys who are the weekend batters are going to come in late Friday or Saturday. The sharp guys are saying this isn't affecting things. I'm saying I disagree. I'm saying that there's two ways this could be affecting things for Michigan. One is that the time they're taking around trying to do damage control here is time they're not preparing. I know I'm lucky enough to know a number of college coaches. Game week, it is literally 70 hours. You sleep, you eat, and you prep for the game. Now, Rodriguez is sleeping, eating, prepping for the game, and dealing with this issue. That, to me, seems like a, a big problem. Not to mention the psychology around it. There's the time issue and the emotional end of it. Uh, so uh, you, seem to ca- you seem to come in on the other side, Marco. How would you counter those arguments? Well, as far as the game goes, I mean... The- you can just say I'm right if you want. Well, that doesn't happen that often here. <laughs> We're not going to do that. But the, the difference for me is I think what he was more upset about is that the accusation that he doesn't care about his student-athletes. One of the things that he harped on in the but interview... The distinction, and, and I'm sorry, but the distinction of why he's being preoccupied by this or distracted doesn't matter? I mean, if his mu- knock on wood, if he had a death in the family, that would be a problem for the team, right? Absolutely, but I don't think you can put this in that kind of magnitude. This is something he had to address one day with the media. People are going to address it. When he was done, he said, I'm done on the subject. Well, he can say that, but when you look at the ESPN scroll, it's the lead. I mean, it's in the lead as of yesterday, and we're taping here on Wednesday. So what's your thoughts, man? I think you lose your players' respect, number one, so I think it is going to influence this team a lot. You make a great point, and I'm sorry to dominate this, and again, maybe it's my hate for Michigan, but but the fact of the matter is, it's a situation where it was his players, and, and it might be the Lloyd Carr transition issue, but now there's team turmoil. Is, is who reported this? What does it say? And we know kids, when they have the opportunity to be pissed off, they usually are. Now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, maybe the dudes who reported this are right. We are practicing too much. And he needed to say, we're going to handle this in-house. He didn't need no, no long speech. He didn't need to break down and cry because he went won three games last year. I mean, that's not the way to get the respect, especially of the Michigan fans, um, the alumni who's questioning, you know, is he the right guy for the job? This is a winning program, and now you're going to break down before the season starts and cry because someone said something negative towards you? I mean, that's ridiculous. You're, you're in a Division One, should be a top-10 program. And I mean, what happened to the Bear Bryants? The, the the Bear Bryants. I mean, could you imagine him? Do, hold on, a, a, a reporter said something negative. Do you have your Gundy imitation? <laughs> you can act like a man. What they should have told them. Slap them around. All right. Just, All right. So snap out of it. So wrapping this up, I, and, and it's funny because I'm saying I think it's going to affect Michigan, but there could be a counter counterbalance this week, which is they're a double digit favorite. So maybe a situation where they're not going to look ahead because they realize, hey, we've been distracted, and it may not show this week, and it may be what the wise guys are thinking about, but I would say, and I don't have Michigan's schedule memorized, if they play a game less than a touchdown favor in the first couple weeks, that might be the week that the, the, the distractions this week show. One thing, Michigan opens the first four games of the season all at Ann Arbor. They don't go on the road till October, and one last thing that this might be for uh, Rodriguez is the alumni, they they may finally 
embrace him because they're saying, hey, this guy's going the extra mile to, to win. Alumni, that's all they want is to win. I mean, they don't want they don't want their program, especially the boosters, don't want their program on the national media well, about breaking rules. Well, this is believe me, this has gone on at every campus across the country. So a lot of husbands cheat. A lot of people did what Patino does did, but they're not talking about it. And Patino, Patino brought up the economy. <laughs> All right, we we have two minutes in the first segment here. Remember, in the second segment, we're doing a big game preview. And Marco, who are we previewing this week? Alabama, Virginia Tech. Big game. All right, real quick, two minutes, VR. Dodgers made a big trade. What does it mean for the second half of the season? Or not the second half, but the, the closing part of the season. Actually, it was a good move. I don't, I don't consider it a panic move because they still have a five-and-a-half, six-and-a-half game lead in the West. A lot of people are saying it was a panic move. They were afraid, you know, they're going to give up the biggest lead in history of Major League Baseball. I don't think it's that at all. I think they're more worried. Billingsley hasn't been pitching well of late. Um... And the only one who has is Wolf, and he's supposed to be a number three. So going into the playoffs, you know, you want to challenge your pitchers is what I think it is, and bringing Garland over will do that. As far as Tomey, let's face it, he's just going to be a pinch hitter, a left-handed bat when you need him. The guy is just a designated hitter. He's played maybe two games in first base in the last two years. So, he's not so you, see him, you see him pitch hitting almost exclusively. exclusively. I don't think he's going to play at all, play any position one quick thing on Garland is he does bring a little bit of postseason experience to the Dodgers. He's had two postseason starts, and he's got an ERA of 2.25 in postseason play with 11 strikeouts. So that's going to give a little bit of stability to that young pitching staff. I saw Marco on the computer earlier. He was pulling those stats out. Out of everywhere. But I think it's – I think it, he – Torrey's a smart coach. And if you see – his bullpen has pitched some of the highest innings of any bullpen. Well, that's the, that's the, the, the gripe about Torrey is he burns out his, his bullpen his arm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, on the flip side, though, is it he's keeping his starters fresh? Because in the postseason, you need a starter that's going to give you innings and that's a dominant pitcher. So, I mean, there's two ways to look at it. I think it's a Torrey move. Right, we got ten, ten, 10 seconds. Do we fade the Dodgers? Second half or the rest of the season, fade the Dodgers, play on them, or neutral right now? I'm neutral with the Dodgers. All right. I'm neutral. All right, guys. This is segment one. Segment two, big game preview. Remember, you can see all of our segments on video at pregame.tv. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. Welcome back. This is the pregame.com audio and video podcast, segment two of three for September 2nd. I'm your host, R.J. Bell, and segment two is big game previews and tips. And this week, we're going to be talking about Alabama, Virginia Tech. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, Vegas runner, a genuine professional batter in Vegas. Vegas runner, tell us about the game. Excellent game for the first week of college football. You got the number 17 Virginia Tech playing the number 5 team Alabama. But according to uh, the odds makers poll, it's a little different. They got um, Alabama at 6, but Virginia Tech's at 17. So uh, according to them, uh, they're not as close as, as all the press, all, everything we're hearing. Excuse me. Well, jump back. So at 6, so you're saying Alabama's favored by 6 in this game? The line? No, I'm ranking. They are right. favored by 6.5. It opened 6.5 and 38.5, and, right. and, and it's steady around there. Um, offshore, one book opened it at 4.5, but it 
immediately jumped up to six. All right, but so the seventeen and five, you're talking about the national rankings. Uh, yeah, the odds makers polls rankings. Oh, okay. Are okay. seventeen for Virginia Tech and five for Alabama, or six for Alabama, and the uh, Associated uh, poll, the Associated Press USA poll, Today Associated yeah, Press, right. is uh, seven five. So, okay, so what we're saying here is that the Vegas guys are either valuing Virginia, or it looks like they're undervaluing Virginia Tech. Yeah, exactly. And it's shown in the line because this is a neutral game. Yeah, and, and at the Georgia Dome. Exactly, and, and I, I made my line actually five and a half and thirty-seven. Um, considering it's at the Georgia Dome, I gave a slight edge to Alabama. I think they should have a little more of an edge there. Um, this is going to be a good game to start off the season. Again, you're looking at Virginia Tech, who was supposed to be rebuilding last year. The team was rebuilding, and yet they won the ACC. So that tells me a lot. And finally, quarterback Taylor is the number one guy. He no longer has to look over his shoulder for Glennon. He no longer has that pressure. i got to perform. i got to do everything on my own, or else I'm going to sit for the pocket passer. So now he's the big guy, and I think Beamer is going to embrace that, and they're going to have a little more offense. We know with Virginia Tech, you're going to get defense. You're going to get special teams. I think they're going to get offense this year. they got a good backfield. I believe they got four or five of their top wide receivers returning. No one caught over 36 passes last year, but they are experienced players. Saban's third year in Bama. All right, so let me jump in here. So one of the things that we separate ourselves with the podcast is we want to talk about sports betting information that can help you win money as a batter. So, Marco, when you look at this game, what are, what's the one factor that you think is going to determine who's going to win this game ATS? Well, the question mark for me is Alabama with the offense. The defense is intact, but they got to replace their starting quarterback. And it's going to take a couple games before it really gets a feel. I think the line is six and a half. I was surprised that it came out that high. Personally, my uh, like VR was saying, it, it came out a little lower in, in a spot and was back quickly up. Right. So wise guys like this, I like Alabama at six, six and a half. Yeah, and, and the public, the money's coming in pretty much split from the books I For, spoke to right. uh, as far as I the mean, once concerned. it got to six and a half, like you said, it immediately got to six and a half. Just that one sports book had it at uh, four and a half. Personally, that's where I would have put the game at was four and a half. The fact that they got it close to the touchdown tells me that, you know, Vegas likes the Alabama side in this game. I think they're inviting Virginia Tech money here. But uh, I'm I'm neutral on the game right now. I don't have a pick on it. And that's all we're asking. We're trying to define the factors. Our third segments are pre free pick segments. So here is we want to help the listeners and the watchers say, if I'm going to bet this game, what should I be considering? Now, you make an interesting point, and then VR will, will get all your uh, notes there and everything, is when you have a team like Alabama, especially with Saban, they just reload. They're going to be decent every year, the USC, High State, et cetera, the, uh, Florida. The question is, if they have a lot of young players on one side of the ball, how are they going to play early in the year? We talked about this in college basketball. Is as When you have these powerhouse teams, typically early in the year, if they're young, they have more trouble. Then they get maturity during the year. So the Alabama quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, the left tackle, new guys – it seems like early in the year is when they're going to be at their weakest. Is that how you see it? Absolutely. And you look at the returning starters. Both teams are strong on defense returning starters. So I think being such a big game early in the season, 
a rookie quarterback, you know, making his first start for Alabama, they're going to keep the game plan pretty simple. I think if Saban would have had in a perfect world, he would not have had a game scheduled this big having to break in a quarterback. If you're asking for an angle in the game, I think that maybe the total would present the best money value for you and look at this game to go under the total because they're going to have conservative game plans. I don't think they're going to put the quarterback in a position to fail. That's a good point. And, and that, that, that's a good point as you think about it is Vegas is inviting the action and VR, one of your strong suits, is understanding the market, the sports betting market. Is If you think about it, is the guys that just look at the USA Today are saying, okay, Alabama, Virginia Tech look to be about even. It's on a neutral field. Wait a minute, Alabama six and a half, a lot of value with Virginia Tech. They're welcome. They, they want that action. Which to me is surprising because all the rumors of of the possible suspensions, Ingram, Jones, their top offensive weapons, the question is he might suspend them for this game. Wise guys assume that it's not or else this line would be dropping. Worse, two days ago, their defensive lineman who started all 16 games last year, 14 games, excuse me, got shot. Word is he's fine, he's going to recover. But it, that had to affect the team a little bit, and I was surprised that I didn't see at least a half point drop the other way when this came out. And, you know, where the Sharps, who laid a, a little of the four and a half, laid a little the six even, didn't come back and, and fear the the you know the the rumors about the suspensions and the defense. So this is this injured. is the classic situation where, and Marco, you this is one of your pet spots is where the line just seems wrong. Is every point we're making here says this line should be four, three and a half, mm-hmm. line six and a half, and even when something happens that would make you think it's going to move towards Virginia Tech, it doesn't, and it's pretty much Vegas saying, "Hey, we're going to hang a number that that attracts a lot of square action on Virginia Tech, and we don't care." Which typically you like to go with Vegas. Absolutely. If you put the gun to my head, reading the line. I would lean to Alabama based off of this line. All right, so Vegas, other than what we've talked about, what's the one or two points that the batters out there should most be considering with this game? A, you definitely need to know if if Jones and Ingram are going to play. Number one, you can't make a wager without knowing that. Uh, Number two, I want to see where this line goes, to tell you the truth. I want to see, will it move to seven? Because that is such a huge number. And, and if it does, believe it or not, I like Alabama even more. Because it, just, it tells me that the sharp money really likes Bama. And, and the books are not afraid of, of people taking Virginia Tech. Because like you said, when they see a ranking of number five and number seven, because the, the general public's interested in the, the AP poll, not in the odds makers poll. And they're going to see number five versus number seven on national TV getting a touchdown. That's a lot to me. So to me, it's wait till game day. Look at that line. Try to read into it and dig a little deeper than the obvious. How many squares do you think are going to be taking Virginia Tech and teasing them up to thirteen? Two touchdowns, sure, sure. You know, that's another. I kind of like that, but it, it looks well, it, with these defenses. There's squares that you come, buddy. A total of thirty-seven <laughs> and two defenses. You know that doesn't look like a bad bet. You're absolutely right. 
But at the same time, you could tease Alabama just to win the game. So now just in general, and, and we try to be as in theoretically instructional as possible, teasing in college football is not a good bet. No. Is, uh, NFL, and the reason being, the rant or the variation of the results to get a little mathematical means those six points aren't worth as much as in the NFL when they're worth more because the lines are tighter. I, I agree 100%. What's your thoughts on the total? Marco made an interesting case to the under. Not only the inexperienced but also on the offensive side, but the conservativeness of of the game plan is the is the expectation. You, you got to look at under first, but again, fifteen seconds, man. You got to look at under first, but again, this is being played in a dome. It's going to be faster field. That's what you got to look at there when you look at the time. All right, we're going to have to leave it at that. Okay, that's been segment two. We'll be back with segment three. Free picks. You can get everything at pregame.tv. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. Welcome to segment three of three of the pregame.com video and audio podcast for September 2nd. And the third segment is free picks. I'm your host, RJ Bell. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, Marco, and Vegas Runner, a genuine Las Vegas professional batter. All right, free picks. Let's get straight to it. Who do we got this week? They lost last week. Let's tell like it is. Actually, I had a terrible last week overall, the whole weekend. Um, this week, I'm going to step up and I'm going to... Let's, let's talk about that. You're like b- bad. You had a game of the year that lost. Yeah. I, I, you I, went... What did you go? One in 23? No, no, no. Actually, I, I went one in, one in seven and then two and one in, in UFC bets. So. All right. So, and I think one of the things that make us a little bit different is Vegas Runner was in the forums. And to go to the forums, just go to pregame.com, click forums on the left side. And you were answering the questions. A lot of people upset. But that's one of the beauties of a sports betting community is you actually can feel the wins and commiserate over the losses together. And you were right there with them because chances are you had the most money on those games. I think I did. I, I, I took a little beating. Uh, I wish I could say it'll be the last time, but it won't. But the key is to learn from it and try to minimize any kind of future damage from it. Um, it's the inevitable, RJ. You've been in this long enough to know with winning comes losing, and you got to be able to overcome that. Well, what we always say is Steve Wynn, imagine him getting all upset and saying, hey, that that blackjack table number 32 actually lost last night. He's thinking, i got a positive expectation. I want to get as many reps as possible with a positive expectation. What we need to do as batters, and you and Marco as handicappers, is re-examine when there is a losing streak, are you doing something wrong? Exactly. And we're constantly improving, and in theory, we all should be getting better, or you two should be getting better as time goes on. Decisions, not results. You make them enough right decisions, results eventually take care of themselves. Um, The free pick that I want to give out is my AFC representative for the Super Bowl. I put my futures up every year. Last year, I gave out the Steelers. They got there for us. Um, this year, I'm going to give an AFC. And when, when did you give the Steelers out? Early on, brother. It was like 13-15 to 1 when everybody else was touting New England and all of them. And I'm going to give the AFC one today because it's 10 to 1. And next week, I got a nice NFC 20 to 1 for you. Um, I'm going with the San Diego Chargers. I absolutely love this team. To win the Super Bowl? I love them. To get to the Super Bowl, I, I actually, I love the value because to me it's a five-unit play, which is as big of a bet as I make. And the reason for that is it's a 10-1 ten, ten odds, 9-1 to one at Bodog, 10-1 um, to one here. And now remember, you can get the best odds or find out the best deals from the most trusted books. Go to pregameaction.com for that. 
And I think being able to have 50 units to work with come playoff time, I could do a lot of damage. The key is this team's going to make the playoffs. You look at the AFC West, they're going 6-0 and against the AFC West. All they have to do is go 4-4 four and four on the road. They'll be 10-6. and six. I think they could do better than that, which may give them home field, something they could use um, come December, come January, being a warmer weather team. Question mark is North Turner. That's what Harry's going to say. How can you bet North Turner? big red question mark. <laughs> exactly. But with 50 units in play and them possibly having home field, which will make them a favorite in the game, I could do a lot of damage. There's a lot are of they a favorite? Are they a favorite? I mean, Indianapolis was favorite. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was like a pick em one. Yeah, you're right. Against San Diego last you're year. Right. You're right. But that was an 8-8 eight eight team, so the San Diego. So. I, I just think we're going to see the team from two years ago but is able to get it done. We got a healthy LT who finally realized he needs to get ready earlier. Rivers signed his big contract. Merriman's ready to go. This team's loaded, loaded, loaded. And I think, they're, you know, this is a team that's been a few years in the making. Now, I'm not sure. I see our producer, Brandon's actually jumped on the computer. Are, are you batting right now? He's all over it. I, I think he's playing the bat. That future blog from last year. <laughs> he's all over it. But, <laughs> well, I, let me jump in. Sure. Is... You you actually are in agreement. The Football Outsiders is a website. They have a lot of great information. It's not a betting site, but they have a lot of real statistically driven info. Excellent. They project San Diego to have the most wins in football this year. Scheduling, a lot of these factors. 30th toughest schedule. So the question is, is can this team win three times against the Belichicks, the the Tomlins, and and then then you know the NFC representative. I don't I don't like it myself. <laughs> Real quick, Marco, what's your thoughts on San Diego? Well, actually a few weeks ago on the podcast I gave a future bet on San Diego over the win total, which I like better because Turner's not good. And what was the win total on that? I believe it was 10 at the time yeah. when we gave it out. Really? I bet it, yeah. Interesting. Uh, so any quick thoughts on, on VR's future? Uh, I definitely say they'll make the playoffs. It'll come down to they're going to have to go through Pittsburgh or New England to get it done, though. All right, any closing thoughts on to make your case? They had five very close losses last year. And usually when teams, a solid team, that happens to them, the, the next year, there's a very good chance that they you see a significant improvement. And I really believe we're looking at a 13-3 and three team. That's, I think that's a projection the outsiders said. So. I really believe that. And, and one I of the, think that gets them home field. It's a good point. A home field is something we hadn't thought about. One of the things we pride ourselves on here is we talk about all the time is actionable info that you can actually go bet, but also that we don't just nod to each other. If I, if I disagree with Marco, VR, we're going to say it because the information needs to be something you can bet with confidence, and that only comes if you know we're addressing these issues. All right, so Marco, one of the other nice features of the free pick segment is we give out a coupon each week if you want to go to pregamepros.com and bet some of the best bets. So hit it. All right, my favorite part, giving your money away. And, folks, uh, if you don't know it, we've got a uh, re redesigned website. And in honor of that, the coupon this week is New Site 10. One word, New Site, the number 10. You're going to get $10 off any uh, package you buy at pregame, and that's good through Sunday. All right, awesome. So, and I always ask this each week if the pick is 10 bucks or less, they actually get the pick for free. 
Absolutely. Awesome. We got uh, th- two and a half minutes for you, Marco, with your free pick. Well, actually, real quick, though, we got some guys really hot at the site, especially going into college football. Well, we had a guy last year, Dwayne Bryant, 71% for the entire college football season. You know, you want to check. That's documented. That is documented. A great performance from him last year, and he's having a good year um, in 2009 with all of his picks. So I would check Dwayne Bryant out for college football for sure. Awesome. Okay, now you got, let's give you 60 seconds. Give us a winner. Wow, thanks, VR. Uh, Pleasure. <laughs> uh, he's a little upset because I won my free pick last 50, week. 50 seconds. <laughs> we're going to go to preseason football this week, and we're going to go to the Houston Texans. I know they played on Monday night, and they're playing with a short week, but, folks, they're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I'm going to go on record right now will be one of the three worst teams in the NFL this season Take the Texans. Wrong team is favored. And just the fact that Vegas set the number under three, it opened at two and a half, that's inviting you to take Tampa Bay as just pick the winner at home in the final preseason game. It's a trap. Take Houston. They win outright. Now, that's an interesting. It's back an extension. We talked about it earlier in segment two is when a line looks like Vegas wants you to take it, you like to go against and be on Vegas' side. Absolutely. And I'm Ma- taking Houston. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, now, in general, though, and and we can have 10-second answers here, week four of the preseason is... You want you don't want to overbat it. There's there's some potential for profit, but you don't want to overdo it. Agreed? Absolutely. Be careful of the teams. You still want to look at teams that are have key positions as far as backup quarterbacks. If they got two good backup quarterbacks, because in general between week three and four they played the they're really letting this be a dress rehearsal for the final cuts. They want to really this is the game for the guys on the border making the team. Right. So really, I always like to play the worst teams of the last few years because they have the best draft choices. And that's who's playing. True. Is that how you do? Uh, absolutely. And I'm very extremely selective. It's got to be. Uh, I got to really be convinced to make a play in week four of the preseason. All right. Something else we separate ourselves with is we're not always hyping. We want you to win. We want you here with us for years to come. Okay. This is segment three. Now here's what's interesting. We had some requests to actually do an overtime segment. So this is going to be podcast only, audio podcast only, overtime segment, a separate file that we're going to double back through all three segments and talk a little bit more about everything and you can get that at pregame.com remember you can get all of our videos at pregame.tv see you next week